You're listening to New Hope's Sermon of the Week. We hope you're encouraged and strengthened as you listen to this week's message. The title of this sermon is The Blessing of Knowing. And there are several things that we know as Christians, and I'm going to use the scripture and we're going to walk through some things. You know, the verse that's in the bulletin, I was late, and that's not the one. It's a good one. Love Isaiah 43. One of my favorite things, I've preached on it a number of times, different places, and I love Isaiah 43, but it's not the one this morning. This morning, we're going to talk from 2 Peter, starting at the first verse. He's going to put it up there. I love the Bible. I will probably tell some stories along the way, but the Bible is a very big deal to me. That's where we find promises, where we stand. Where, I mean, I can't tell you. I come from a background where when I was eight years old, I signed some Sunday school card that said I will read a chapter in the Bible every day. And pretty much I have. I mean, that's a lot of years. However, as a young child, I read Psalm 117 many times. And if you don't know what Psalm 117 is, it's two verses long. I can remember spending the night with my little girlfriends, you know, at eight or nine years old, and I'd say, whoops, I forgot. And I'd get out a Bible, and I'd quick read it and go, I followed the rules. Well, since then, Jesus has set me free from the law, but I still love the Bible. And so I want to walk through some things. And before I do that, too, I'm going to do something. Uh, I don't often do a little thing on music. I sometimes sing, but if, if you don't, if you know me, I'm a music professor, okay? So if you don't know me, now you do know that. So I'm a music professor, and when I was doing this scripture, what I did was I took it, and in music there is this thing called form, some of you know this, Um, and form means I can look at a piece or hear a piece of music and think of it in sections, and they're labeled by letters. So you could have A and a section B and a section A. I'm not talking worship music, that's arranged by verse, refrain, bridge, and that sort of thing, and that's not the form we're talking but there are different forms. But a really common form is ABA, and A means I state the basic premise of the whole thing, okay? There's themes, there's something I get familiar with in my ear. In the B section, that's either shifted a little bit, you work on the A section, often it's changed to a different key. Some of you, that doesn't mean anything, but like if you're in a major key, which sounds perhaps to some people a little happier than you go to minor, it's just changed in some way. It's shifted, but you're kind of dealing with similar tunes. And then you come back to that A section, which puts it all back together. I took this scripture and I did this because I'm trying to help you remember. Okay, so 2 Peter, first chapter. If you have a Bible, you might want to look it up. If you have a telephone, you need to get U version so that you can. So, Follow along, yeah. Or a Kindle, or a something. But the Bible is very handy, and it will be helpful, although he is putting it up for me, uh, I do believe. Yeah, we good, Brian? Okay, excellent. So what I'd like to do is I'm going to walk through this verse by verse, and we're going to talk about it. You know, some people go, Bible study is boring. It is so not boring. Wait till you hear what God has to say as we go through. 
In this first one, 2 Peter, the first verse, it says, Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ. First of all, we need to know who's writing it. It is Peter, the one who was a follower of Jesus, close, one of the top three, also the one who denied Jesus at the crucifixion, but later turned and became an amazing man of God. First guy to speak on Pentecost. Spirits poured out. He stands up. Everyone else is kind of drunk in the spirit and speaking in tongues. He stands up and says, this is what is that. So that's who this guy is. He's an apostle and a bondservant. A bondservant means someone who works or is a servant of somebody without pay. So he's totally committed. He's in. Then he says, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. So what I loved about this is you go, oh, that's nice. You know, that says something. Okay, so we believe the same. No, it's saying who have obtained with us like precious faith. In other words, when we read this, we're supposed to say, I'm in that same group club with Peter the apostle. That's impressive right there. That's, that's where we belong, who we are a part of, like precious faith that's of high value. And, of course, it's by the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. In other words, it's not because we all became so wonderful as what we think of the, as the apostles and the saints. It's because of the righteousness of Jesus Christ that we are included. It's important. We rest on that thing every day. If you mess up, by the righteousness of Jesus Christ. If you do well, by the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Whatever it is, by the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That is the bottom line. It's foundational. Bottom line, our A section. That's the theme of our life, by the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. And so we go, we want grace and peace. Yes, we do. Grace, favor, peace. Yes, we want it multiplied to us in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So we go, okay, so if I'm going to get more of these things through the knowledge of God, what does it mean that we know God? And we can say, I have a list of the uh, character attributes of God, and that helps. You know, Jeho Jehovah Jireh, he provides. Jehovah Shammah, he's present. Jehovah Tzidkenu, he's our righteousness. Wonderful, wonderful things, and you should know them. It's a foundation. It's absolutely essential. Okay, so I, that's something I know about God that's true. Another means of knowing God is you spend time in his presence in worship. You know that you know. And you do this kind of thing and you just go, Lord, I worship you and I thank you for your presence here. I just thank you for your love for this people. We welcome you, Jesus, because you live to walk among us. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, to point the way to Jesus and his wonder and his majesty and his healing. We do worship you, Lord. We thank you for your presence in us. We thank you that we have the mind of Christ. That's amazing. We thank you 
so much for your great goodness. Lord, we thank you that as we step back into our spirits that we can see your face. We can see your acceptance. We can see your love. We can see the hope there is in you. We thank you. We thank you that you're holy and majestic and wonderful and amazing and powerful and you walked on water. You did so many things. We thank you that we know that's true. We thank you that there is no condemnation for me in Jesus. You get it? I mean, there's much I could pray. But as you do that, the knowing of God becomes real and closer. When I started to pray, let me just say, things changed here. It's not because I'm so wonderful, but he is. And where we acknowledge his presence, all heaven comes to attention. Because heaven loves Jesus. They adore him. He's the one that paid the price. It's why heaven exists well and does so wonderfully well. But it's also on earth as it is in heaven. They heard him pray the prayer. And so when we begin to say, welcome, Jesus, they go, got to love that place. The one we love is being loved there. Therefore, we come to know him and experience him. That's not just the factual things, but we know him as we step into his presence. You can do that by choice. I've been doing this myself in uh, a number of ways lately. I mean, I've done it for some time, but one of the things that's great, you know how you have a uh, rather uh, confusing day sometimes at work or you feel the pressure or whatever. In my office, you stop. Thank you that you're here. Welcome to my office. And you sing a little in the spirit. Shandara baseyo, kariliera bashiara baseyara, soyorasha yarabanda. The atmosphere changes. Uh, for those of you who don't, I don't know, I, I'm a, uh, making an assumption that you all know that's singing in the spirit. If, if you wonder about it, just come ask me later. But anyway, so we sing in the spirit. And we say, welcome here. And all of a sudden, his presence is there to a greater extent. You have to kind of step into it and sense it, but he's there. It's a great place to be. Let me just say, too, you can pray in tongues while you're mowing the lawn, Tom. I bet you do. Yeah, yeah. So, you, you know, whatever. You know, God likes to mow lawns. He does. I've done it, okay? So I know he does. You can get real happy mowing a lawn. Nobody can hear. You can sing at the top of your lungs, and no one cares. So there's any number. But all of this, stepping into that place is part of knowing God. Yes, we need to know the facts. We need to know the foundation. But we need to step in. Step in, step in, step in. When you do it, when you step in, you'll experience. You got to do it, though. If you're too shy, get over it. Go someplace where you're bold. Get in your car. Do something. But you got to step in and then notice. And that's the place that we get the grace and peace. 
Here's the cool thing, and when his divine power has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, and that glory is the goodness and the majesty and the magnificence and the wonder of God, and virtue is simply his goodness. He's called us by those things, everything by which God calls himself good. That's what he's called. He's not called you, said, if you don't get it, I'm going to kill you. No, he's called you by goodness, virtue, blessing, his magnificence, his wonder. It's absolutely a, a fabulous thing, and it's based on his glory, his reputation, his magnificence, not yours. Sometimes we're great, sometimes we stink. He stays the same. True? We all have days, okay. And it's him that gives the life and the God-likeness, which is godliness, is God-likeness. Also, it involves the call of God. Right, so it says back here, who called us? So we have to, in that place, know his call, his glory, his virtue. He's called it by his, not because he said, wow, they have an above average IQ. Yeah. Wow. They sing so nicely. They can sing really high or really low. Or No. It's by his call, by his glory and virtue. He calls because he sees something in you. That's the fun of prophetic ministry, which I'm not going to flip into right now. But it might be fun. But I'm not going there. But it's his call, and that's why prophetic ministry or somebody speaking about your calling is so encouraging. Because then you go, aha, God likes me. Absolutely true. I could say God likes you, but when God says how he likes you and names a call over your life, it's a whole different deal. That's fun. So you step into it, and I can't tell you, there are times, you know, you have a word, if you, you should all get a word someplace, you know, you can get it in the Bible, but there are also personal things. I have words that I claim over myself that were given to me, I don't know, 15 years, 13, I don't know, way back. So I still go, that's my word, it's going to happen. There's this word that I bank on, that I claimed before I came here because sometimes we feel like, duh. But as I'm preparing for this, I said, I have a word, Lord, that says that you would release your anointing through me on your people. Because I can, if I just tell you the facts and the stuff in the Bible study, it's not going to work. I want God's anointing in this place today on you. I want you to get something different. I want you to take something away. I want his anointing released on you. I might be anointed. I might know. I'm believing that I am. But anyways, you, you, we might have an anointing, but we believe for whatever that word is that God gave us. That means to me, an anointing is not that I'm going, you know, wow, she's all that. No, it means that there's going to be understanding that happens today that's new, that gives you strength to go on. In verse number four, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now this to me is amazing. So we have these exceedingly great and precious promises that those promises 
those promises, by those, I'm going to become a partaker of the divine nature. Whoa. Makes you want to get online and look for some promises, doesn't it? Yeah, we want the promises for ourselves to know that God's going to answer, but you become a partaker of the divine nature. Do you know how amazing that is? Are you sure? I'm not convinced. That's amazing. Partaker of the divine nature. That means somebody can come up and say, you know what? You remind me of God. When I see you or when I hear you, I just feel like God's talking to me. I don't know what's going on here, but there's something happening. You just seem like God to me. I mean, you're, I know you're not God, but there's something going on where God is speaking or you seem like him and we represent him, but it's, we actually are partakers of his divine nature. That's different, isn't it cool? We become partakers and we do that through the promises. Okay, so promises are great. I talked about a prophetic word. That can be a promise. Then there are historically people that talk about promises. And I just thought for the fun of it, I'd remind you of this old song. It goes like this. Standing on the promises of Christ my King through eternal ages. Anybody know it? Let us, you can sing if you want to. Glory in the highest, I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises of God. And then it has a chorus that goes, standing, standing on the promises. Good idea. Next verse says, standing on the promises that cannot fail. When the howling storms of doubt and fear assail, by the living word of God, I shall prevail, standing on the promises of God. Verse 3, standing on the promises of Christ the Lord, bound to him eternally by love's strong cord, overcoming daily, not way up the road someplace, but today, overcoming daily by the, by, uh, let me find, I just lost my spot. <laughs> overcoming daily with the spirit sword, which is the word of God, standing on the promises of God, standing on the promises I cannot fall. Whoa. Pretty cool. Listening every moment to the Spirit's call. Staying in his presence. Resting in my Savior as my all in all. Standing on the promise. And it's not talking, taking a break from work. It's resting in my Savior saying, Okay, Lord, I'm feeling a little bit anxious. But Lord, right now I just rest in you. Thank you. What is it you want me to see? How are you going to work this problem out? What are you going to do here? Lord, I'm seeing fear. What are you seeing? And sometimes God will chuckle. Sometimes he's, I got a plan. You don't know. He, he does all different things. Sometimes a tune will come to your mind. But what's going to happen here? Lord, today I'm feeling angry like I can't possibly forgive that coworker. What are you trying to do today? I'm working my spirit in you of patience. My nature in here is I have peace right now. And I want my peace to overflow this thing. I mean, it can be so many things. So many things. It's really quite, quite, quite wonderful. Okay, so... 
And then another thing, so we have the promises that we listen for, we have promises of prophetic words, and sometimes you can't hear squat. You know, like if you're really disturbed, you can't hear squat. I don't know, maybe you can always hear, but we all, as far as I know, have times. We can't hear anything. We're either too anxious, too fearful, too mad, too whatever, too, you know, we can't hear at that moment in time to try to deal with it. And at those times is the time where we go, okay, I know a few Bible verses and I've encouraged you to memorize before. But if you don't memorize, get your phone out or your whatever, your Bible. Have something with you so that you have it. And then we begin to see overwhelmingly God gives us promises and those promises that change us, that overcome in whatever situation. So I'm going to read you some, and if you don't think this is enough promises, I don't know what, and this is only one chapter in the Bible, but I am going to read it. It's Psalm 103. I know you know it, but I'm doing it again because I like it. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. That's the same as promises. Get it? Benefits, when you have benefits, it works. It means you're going to get a benefit if whatever happens. With God, you've got promises. Same thing, benefits, promises. Okay. So, who forgives all your iniquities? All. 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 Every one of your iniquities, right at this very moment in time, at 1127 on September 29th, Eastern Standard Time, God has a room full of people that he can say are absolutely righteous, completely paid for, done, no sins counted against you, if you want it. Completely, past, present, paid for, done, future. He paid the whole price. It is absolutely done because it says he forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. We are in process of coming up in faith in that particular area. Yeah? We're, because it says it's in there, so we go, okay, he does heal all my diseases. I don't know how it all works out exactly, but I do believe he says it's a promise. Therefore, I have peace. Redeems my life from destruction. I will not be destroyed. Crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies. God is crazy about me. Satisfies my mouth with good things. That may be things to eat. It also may be things that you have to say. Some of you would like to write or would like to speak in different situations. And God says, I put good things in your mouth. You need to start to trust them and do them on the street. You need to start to trust it and begin to speak the positive word at work. You need to go ahead and prophesy. Don't worry about if you call it that. But begin to speak. I've got, given you a mouth and I put stuff in it. It's the truth and you need to walk in it without fear. Don't be afraid. Do what you're called to do. You know the calling and you say, but I've not been recognized. God says, I don't care. I recognize you. By the way, that is a word for some people for sure here. Okay. Anybody say, yeah, I'm on it. Okay, good. All right. So, uh, the Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. Good promise. We watch the evening news say, Lord, you execute righteousness and justice for the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. 
He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He's not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, he's removed our transgressions from us. As the father pities his children, the Lord pities those who fear him. He knows our frame. He remembers that we're dust. As for man, his days are like grass, the flower of the field, so he flourishes, the wind passes over, it's gone, and its place remembers it no more. I know I'm speeding. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, and his righteousness to children's children, to such as, that's a good children's verse to claim, by the way, and to such as keep his covenant, to those who remember his commandments to do them, the Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Okay, so we're watching the news, and we're seeing all the junk happening in Syria, or wherever, and we say, the Lord has established his throne in heaven. His kingdom rules over all. So we begin to declare the truth, the promise of God. What he said promises. And is that just so Syria will be better? It helps. What else is it for? It also benefits us. God works in us. How does that work in us? Say, what does that have to do with me? Well, we're kings and priests. He's teaching you to rule. That's one possible thing that he's doing in you. So it, it works pretty well. All right, so then it says, um, Bless the Lord, you as angels who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. And you get the idea of what I'm saying. Okay. So, so far we know we have a ton of promises. We partake of the divine nature. We know he's working in us. We have to walk in those promises. We do it and we know him who promised. B section. See, I, I know you thought I'd never get to B, right? B section sounds like this. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. Now, nobody cheered. Hmm. Okay, so giving all diligence. Nobody's excited. Add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. Whatever. To knowledge self-control. Oh, no. To self-control, perseverance. Mm. Okay, so let's reframe this. <laughs> because actually there is reason to cheer. It's the B section. Now, we're talking like these things are done. We know we've been forgiven. Past, present, we know the price has been paid for our future, for everything. But when it says give diligence, that's what it looks like when you're working it out. In other words, when things mess up, I go, wait a minute, wait a minute, I have to rethink that. I say, wait a, nope, God paid for that. This is the truth in this instant. I'm not going to think that, I'm going to think this. I'm not going there, I'm going here. This has to, I'm going to giving diligence. And my diligence may look like I check out what are the promises. So with the diligence, I give all diligence and I add to my faith. In other words, I already have faith. I believe the promises of God. So I'm going to add to that faith virtue. Virtue means goodness, but virtue also in, in the New Testament, eventually it came to mean a goodness that had also the power of God in it. That's pretty cool. Like when Jesus felt virtue go out of him. That kind of thing. So that's a cool thing. So I say, all right, that's positive. 
That's not like get a grip. That's like, okay, I do have faith. I'm going to add the virtue to that knowledge. In other words, I'm going to know that I know that I know that God said I could have this, that I could do it, that it's mine. Therefore, I'm going to step out and act on it. That's cool. That's knowledge. That's a good thing, yeah? It's not just this thing where, oh, dear, I have to take five years of Hebrew and Greek and whatever. No, it's not. We're not talking that. Um, also then to uh, knowledge, self-control. And self-control, we think, oh, my goodness, I broke my diet. You know, I ate three brownies and whatever, I, you know, whatever your thing is. We go self-control makes me nervous. I should be doing this. Wait a minute. Self-control, if you've done this kind of thing, says... I have a choice. It goes first to your thoughts. I'm not going to think that. I am going to think this about God and what he says about me. It means I have a choice. I can walk in my calling or I can walk in fear. All the way, self-control is that. It's not letting the things that hit me like fear and greed or lust or whatever, it's saying, wait a minute. I'm not going there. I have a choice of something else to think, something else to do. I have a choice. Why? Because I have the promises of God, because I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, because he says I'm not guilty, because he paid a price. It's true. So you say, okay. And self-control from that place is a really positive thing. And then from self-control to perseverance, sometimes it takes time. We hang in there, but that's not a problem. Isn't that what it looks like? Talk to me. Have you all instantly done it? No. You're in process. You're in the B section. It's okay. You're in the B section. The A section is still true. You're in the B section. It's wonderful. So, and then per perseverance, godliness or godlikeness. When you do godliness, sometimes I've thought of, you know, I've got to be just like really rigidly proper, but it's God-likeness, and God is really quite wonderful and quite free. Yes, to godliness, brotherly kindness, that's a really nice thing. Brotherly kindness, love. So it's the delightful working out of the good news of knowing him and being forgiven. That's what it is. That's what that verse is. That's the B section. In other words, we think in terms of, I can, not these are the rules, or this is going to be ever so hard work, such hard work, I'm not going to make it. I can. Why? Because by the promises, I have become a partaker of the divine nature. Can God do it? Can God do it? Yes. Is he in you? Yes. Do you believe the promises? Yes. Partaker of the nature of God. Therefore, it's possible for sure and for certain. Then we go back, we've done the foundation of A, the B is the working out kind of thing. We go back to A, which says in verse eight, if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody here want to bear fruit? We do, we're all a bunch of fruit trees. I could say we're a bunch of fruits, but we're not. We're, we are sort of, but really, we're, we all want to bear fruit. And it says the, the, the thing that gets in the way of us bearing fruit, because you're all agreeing with me, all we're all on the same page, but the thing that gets in our way is we have a loss of memory. 
it says, verse 9, He who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten he was cleansed from his old sins. Okay, so we have an enemy. You know the rest of the story, you do. We have an enemy. What's the big attack he does most often? If God says, okay, um, I would like you to get up and speak to so-and-so when you're at work today or you're going to bless somebody in Panera's or I want you to do this, you go, who am I? I just got ticked off and was really angry down the street at somebody who drove funny. Why would God use me to... Ah. Are you forgiven? Did it, is the price paid for whatever happened two seconds ago? Yes. It's paid for. Therefore, if you forget your two seconds ago, what you're actually forgiven of, then the enemy knows that and renders you powerless or saying, I can't possibly do a thing here. Now, that's the instant thing. That's an easy one. Happens all the time, does it not? Yeah. Or here's a better one, because you're all the grown-ups here. When I was 18 years old, this is what happened. And it, what it did was it counted me out for the rest of my life. I don't really, I can't become something for God because I have failure in my life. Or I married the wrong person. Or I had a baby out of wedlock. Or, I mean, there's so many things. You, could, you can go lots of things. I mean, there's so many. And the enemy always comes and says, therefore, you're discounted. You blew something, and he does it all the time. I know this has happened to every single person here because that's how the enemy works. Right. Always. And so our... Uh, defense of that is to remember that we were forgiven according to this. If you're unfruitful, it means you forgot. You have a problem with memory loss and you need healing. So instead of making a list of your sins, make a list of all the great things you were forgiven of. Who forgiven, wiped out, I was forgiven, I did this, I blah, 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 I was forgiven. That is so wiped out of my past, that does not count completely forgiven, innocent, blood bought, paid for, done, that no longer counts. Now, what do you want to do with me now, God? I got today, what's going on? Start to pray over your calendar, what do you want? I've got this stuff. You see my, I'm sorry, I, you can tell. I do it on my phone. I've I got my calendar. I do, I've, I've started praying over my calendar daily, too. This is what I've got. Send me the people you want to send me. Help me to get up and go for a walk when I should. Help the right things to, here's my calendar. You got it, Lord. Help me to do it. And if I go, I'm too busy, I only have this much time, or I did whatever I did, two seconds ago or 16 years ago, I won't. But that's the enemy. That is not being a partaker of the nature of God, which he said we could have. Okay. 
So then it says, therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure, for if you do these, th these things, you will never stumble. So there is the thing where, yes, I, I, I have the, the deal where I forgot, you know, I forgot that I'm completely forgiven. Also, I have to make sure, and the calling and election doesn't mean if I'm going to heaven or hell, and am I really going to go to heaven, and am I okay? No, no, no. Calling and election, sure. What has God called you here, be called you to? because he's called you to something. So when you're making that sure, that means, okay, I'm forgiven. What's the call of God on my life? Make it sure and walk in it. You have every right to do that because of who he is. So you're always making sure of that. That's part of this whole thing too. So you hang in there with that. And then it says, for so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So in other words, in that verse, abundantly, there's more than enough for all of this. More than enough for it to all be fulfilled. Yay, huh? More than enough for you. Put your hands up and say, there's more than enough for me. I receive total forgiveness by the blood of Jesus. I will walk in my call. I am a partaker of the nature of God by the promises that are for me that I've heard God speak, that are in the Bible, and that people have given me through prophetic words. In Jesus' name. Okay, what I want to do at the end of this is I want to read this to you, and actually I don't want you to put this up, Brian. I want you to listen. Faith comes by hearing, and I'm going to reread 2 Peter that same section in the Amplified Bible, but I want you to just shut your eyes and listen and receive. Something will stand out to you in this passage, and I'm believing that God's going to make whatever it is stand out to you because that's what he's doing for you right now. So it says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle, special messenger of Jesus Christ, to those who have received, obtained an equal privilege of like precious faith with ourselves in and through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. May God's grace and favor and peace, which is perfect well-being, all necessary good, all spiritual prosperity, and freedom from fears and agitating passions and moral conflicts be multiplied to you in the full, personal, precise, and correct knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. For his divine power has bestowed upon us all things that are required and suited to life and godliness through the full personal knowledge of him who called us by and to his own glory and excellence 
By means of these, he has bestowed on us his precious and exceedingly great promises, so that through them you may escape by flight from the moral decay, rottenness, and corruption that is in the world because of covetousness, lust, and greed, and become sharers, partakers of the divine nature. For this very reason, add to your diligence, adding your diligence to the divine promises, Employ every effort in exercising your faith to develop virtue, excellence, resolution, Christian energy, and in exercising virtue, develop knowledge and intelligence, and in exercising knowledge, develop self-control, and in exercising self-control, develop steadfastness, patience, endurance, and in exercising steadfastness, develop godliness, and piety, and in exercising godliness, develop brotherly affection, and in exercising brotherly affection, develop Christian love. For as these qualities are yours, and they are yours, and increasingly abound in you, they will keep you from being idle or unfruitful under the full personal knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. For whoever lacks these qualities is blind, spiritually short-sighted, seeing only what is near to him, and has become oblivious to the fact that he was cleansed from his old sins. Because of this, brethren, be all the more solicitous and eager to make sure, to ratify, to strengthen, to make steadfast your calling election. For if you do this, you will never stumble or fall. Thus, there will be richly and abundantly provided for you entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, Lord, I thank you right now for your promises to the people here. I thank you for your great goodness and virtue that you love each person intensely here that you've planned to put your nature in them and do new things no matter the age. Lord, thank you for your creativity, that you know just the power of God that's right for a person who's over 70, the person who's over 60, the person who is in their 20s that's wishing they had more money to do something. You know exactly what's needed to be done. You know what to do for the person who's been divorced. You know what to do with the person who's lonely. You have a plan for life and for godliness and for power and for the goodness of God to thrive through them. So we bless each person here, the person who feels like they don't know their calling. But you do have a calling on their life. I pray for open ears to hear and to know what it is you have for them. I bless your name, Lord, in Jesus' name. And I lose every person who feels like maybe they shouldn't talk, or maybe they shouldn't pray for, or maybe they shouldn't whatever it is, whatever place they're in, and I loose them in the name of Jesus. Because Jesus is a deliverer. And I break the power of that thing and that lie over their life. I pray they'll spot it and break with it, even today, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Okay.
I need prayer teams. I don't even know who they are because we have a bunch of people gone. Okay, so who, who, put your hand up if you're on the prayer team. Would you go over there, please? I, we we got to get something going because I have no idea. Uh, good, 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 good. That, that, oh, excellent. We have some people praying. So if you need prayer for healing or if you need prayer for memory loss, I'm serious. I'm talking about the sin thing. We can pray for memory loss, too, if you want to. But I'm talking about if you forgot and so you think you're powerless, get prayer. Get somebody to join you and say, I need somebody to join me in saying the blood of Jesus is enough and that I can bear fruit, that I've got a new day ahead of me. Today's not the same as the rest of my life. I have a new day. Lord, and I loose the power of your Holy Spirit on this people. May they go and bear fruit, speaking and having a wild time in the Spirit of God, doing things. Lord, if we took this group of people and they did this stuff, we would blow Rochester apart. Lord, let it happen in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.